What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The annual Peace Officers Memorial Day service was held today in downtown St. Joseph. Law enforcement agencies from throughout Berrien County were on hand to salute the 17 local peace officers who have died in the line of duty since 1907. State Senator Eric Nesbitt said remembering those who have fallen is personal for some. Every day, officers put themselves in harm's way to protect their communities, to create a place of freedom and security so that all of us can go to work, raise a family, go to school, and participate in our communities knowing that we are safe and that somebody has our back. Berrien County Sheriff Paul Bailey told us it's important to never forget those officers who paid the ultimate price no matter how long ago it was. Great feeling to see them come out and support the families and and just remember the people that have died given that ultimate sacrifice. God bless America. In addition to honoring local officers, the names of three from outside the area who died in the line of duty were read. Family of fallen local officers were on hand to lay flowers in the Berrien County Law Enforcement Officers Monument in Lake Bluff Park. Everything closed with a 21-gun salute. The Michigan legislature is close to adopting an education budget, and State Representative Joey Andrews tells us it's looking like it'll benefit Southwest Michigan schools. The House version of the spending plan includes $40 million for debt relief. Really excited about the education budget. There's a line item in there for school debt forgiveness that I believe is going to end up being particularly relevant to Benton Harbor. So keep an eye on that. And the education budget broadly is going to bring some huge investments to our schools. Andrews has been assured Benton Harbor will be on the list of districts to receive debt forgiveness. The House budget was approved last Wednesday, while the Senate approved its plan Thursday. The hope is to have all of this through conference committee and finalized by the middle of June. The Andrews says the education budget also includes funding increases for districts. He's been told Benton Harbor would see an extra $2 million, while St. Joseph would get $4 million. The city of Bangor has been ordered to pay $1.2 million to a former police chief who sued the city, alleging he'd been sexually harassed at work and then fired for complaining. A jury in the U.S. District Court Western District found the city liable last week. Former Chief Hoffman Missane alleged he was harassed by Tommy Simpson, a former police chief and later city manager. He said when he complained to the mayor and said he was going to report the harassment, he was fired. The suit was filed in 2021 over incidents the previous year. Following the jury's decision last week, the city attorney has said an appeal is planned. A woman who pleaded no contest to arson in the burning of a downtown St. Joseph building has been sentenced to about two to five years in prison. The Berrien County Prosecutor's Office tells us 47-year-old Shannon Russell was sentenced today by Judge Paul Jancha. She reached a plea deal with prosecutors that saw charges of second-degree child abuse and first-degree arson dropped in the March 27th fire in a mixed-use building on Main Street. The fire started when a couch was ignited. The building at 415 Main Street suffered extensive water damage in the blaze, and there were no injuries. Russell was also ordered to pay $198 in fines. Be Healthy Berrien is promoting the benefits of having a robust trail system while seeking funds to expand what's available. As part of that effort, it welcomed Congressman Tim Wahlberg out to the McCoy's Creek Trailhead in Buchanan this month. Wahlberg is seeking federal funding for a variety of projects around southwest Michigan, including the completion of the Niles-Buchanan Trail Connection Project. The project would extend the trail system at McCoy's Creek Trail, E.B. Clark Woods, and Buchanan to Wynn Road, 
to the existing trail system in Niles. Be Healthy Barians' uh, Dawn Marie Smith tells us this would serve the whole community. It would essentially provide important connectivity between two existing trail segments, so the Indiana River Valley Trail as well as the McCoy Creek Trail. So it's a really great connection, and it will, more importantly, also connect the city of Niles and Buchanan. So it's just a great project. Wahlberg is seeking $2.1 million for the project. Smith says that she was glad to show him the trail. The funding request has been submitted to the House Appropriations Committee. Smith says it'll be months before it's known if it's been approved. The body of a woman who went missing in the St. Joseph River on May 7th may have been found. The Berrien Springs Orinoco Township Police Department tells us the Berrien County Sheriff's Department Marine Division found a body in the water this morning about a half mile north of St. Joseph Valley Parkway in Sodus Township. It has not yet been identified, but the department says it's similar to the woman who went missing on the 7th. 42-year-old Sharani Simpson disappeared in the river when she went into the water to help her struggling 8-year-old son. And the boy is fine. The body recovered today has been taken to Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo for positive identification. New DNA analysis techniques have Michigan State Police taking another look at a body that washed up along Lake Michigan in New Buffalo 35 years ago. State police out of Niles say the woman was found on the New Buffalo breakwater on April 8, 1988. She was not identified at the time and was exhumed in 2021 for DNA to be collected. Police say the woman was originally thought to be white, but they've since determined she was black. She's described as age 40 to 60 years old, about 5 foot 5 and around 175 pounds. She's also thought to have been wearing a wig or braided extensions, which had been pulled from her scalp. Additionally, the initial autopsy found the woman had undergone a hysterectomy and had advanced dental work. Michigan State Police ask anyone who may have ideas about the woman's identity to contact them. And the Berrien County Health Department has released the summer schedule for its pre-kindergarten and preschool hearing and vision screening clinics. Screenings coordinator Melissa Jordan tells us the department offers the screenings every year and has served hundreds. It is state mandated that a child entering into kindergarten does have their hearing and vision screen prior to entering kindergarten. And this just helps with letting us know if the child is experiencing any issues with the hearing and vision to get it treated prior to entering kindergarten so they do have a successful year into the school year. Jordan says it's not unusual for a parent to be unaware their child has a vision or hearing problem and then they find out as a result of the screenings. The department makes the screenings fun for the kids, treating them as a game. The clinics are offered by appointment at the health department offices in Benton Harbor and Niles, as well as at several schools. The first clinic will be May 30th at New Buffalo Elementary School, while others will continue through August 23rd at various locations. We'll have a link to the appointment page at our website. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News and now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden has confirmed his next meeting with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. It'll be tomorrow about the debt limit. ABC's M. Wynn has more. As the clock ticks down for the White House and House Republicans to reach a deal on the debt ceiling, President Joe Biden confirmed to reporters that his next meeting with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy will take place Tuesday. This as the president says he still has plans to leave Washington Wednesday for a G7 summit in Japan. There are only two and a half weeks until the X date when Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned the U.S. would default on its debt. Congress will also need time to consider any deal. M. Wynn, ABC News, the White House. A special prosecutor has ended his four-year investigation into possible FBI misconduct in its probe of ties between Russia and Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign. 
The report Monday from Special Counsel John Durham offers withering criticism of the Bureau, but a meager court record that fell far short of the former president's prediction that he would uncover the crime of the century. It represents the long-awaited culmination of an investigation that Trump and allies had claimed would expose massive wrongdoing by law enforcement and intelligence officials. Instead, Durham's investigation delivered underwhelming results, with prosecutors securing a guilty plea from a little-known FBI employee but losing the only two criminal cases they took to trial. Even though the rush of migrants appears less than what many had feared it would be, there are still many migrants trying to claim asylum in the U.S. after the end of Title 42. ABC's Alex Stone has more on those who were stuck between Tijuana and San Diego. This woman is in a sort of no-man's land. She's north of Mexico's border wall, but south of the U.S. border wall. There's a stretch of land between the two countries. Technically, she's entered the U.S. and is waiting to make her asylum claim. The waiting migrants are essentially camping in dirt between the two walls, saying through a translator. Just waiting and uh, hoping that the conditions change um, because living like this, is, it's just not humane. Volunteers are now on the San Diego side passing food and water through the fence. Alex Stone, EBC News. Police say at least three people are dead and multiple others wounded after a shooting in Farmington, New Mexico, where schools were put on lockdown. Farmington police say in an online statement one suspect was confronted and killed on scene today. It says two officers were shot, including one with the city police and one a New Mexico state police officer. Both were reported to be in stable condition at San Juan Regional Medical Center. Police say the suspect's identity is unknown and there are no other known threats at this time. Staffers of a Virginia congressman were attacked in their office, district office this morning. More from ABC's sees Lindsey Watts in Washington. Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly says a man with a baseball bat entered his district office, asked for him, then attacked two staffers. It happened in Fairfax, Virginia. Connolly says both staffers were hospitalized, but their injuries are not life-threatening. Fairfax City Police say the suspect is in custody. Connolly thanked police and medical workers for their quick response, calling the act of violence unconscionable and devastating. Devastating. No word yet on the motivation. Lindsay Watts, ABC News, Washington. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has signed off on additional protections for gun and ammunition dealers, manufacturers, and sellers against lawsuits within a bill that lawmakers passed after a deadly school shooting. The Republican governor quietly signed the legislation Thursday. Its provisions take effect July 1st. The Senate passed the bill in mid-April, just weeks after the March 27th shooting at the Covenant School in Nashville that killed six, including three nine-year-olds. The House had passed it before the shooting. Lee's approval comes amid his push for Republican lawmakers to pass a proposal that aims to keep guns away from people who could harm themselves or others. He's called lawmakers back for a special session in August. Those non-sugar sweeteners like stevia may not be any healthier than actual sugar, according to a new report from the World Health Organization. More from ABC's Mike Dabuski with details. The WHO finds non-sugar sweeteners don't provide any long-term benefit when it comes to reducing body fat, and that over time they could lead to harmful conditions like type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, and even death. The organization now recommends anyone except people with pre-existing diabetes avoid the sweeteners, which are used in some food and beverage products and also sold on their own. That doesn't apply to non-food products that use them, like toothpaste and skin cream. Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has signed a bill that blocks public colleges from using federal or state funding for diversity programs, addressing a concern of conservatives ahead of the Republican governor's expected presidential candidacy. The signing today builds on the governor's larger push to shape Florida's education system through regulating how schools deal with subjects like race and gender. DeSantis argues he's challenging inappropriate liberal ideology in the classroom. 
The new law comes as Republicans around the country target programs on diversity, equity, and inclusion in higher education through similar legislation. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 has scored a second week on top of the box office. Here's ABC's Christopher Watson. Hello, we come in peace. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 earned another $60.5 million at the weekend box office. That's enough to hold the top spot for a second week and boost its total domestic take to $213 million, $529 million globally. A bachelorette trip, what are we doing? Book Club, the next chapter, bows in third with $6.5 million. Bucks. Hands up! A week, $2.3 million sixth place debut for Ben Affleck's action thriller Hypnotic. Christopher Watson, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.